Welcome to the Scalability Podcast, your go-to resource for those who want to profitably grow your business beyond the limits of your personal time, energy, and skills. All right. Anxiety. Huh? Anxiety? Anxiety. Anxiety. You know, it's funny when we were at the... Uh, at the last HVN event, you yeah. know, the guy was like, yo, I'm teaching in Eastside. And I was like, Eastside? <laughs> I was like, oh, damn, the ratchet just <laughs> Can't take out. it out. It was like out. automatic, right? It was just like a twitch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I just, I felt the need. Um, but you're, you're really hard to get a hold of. A little I, bit. I think I, I reached out to you like... Months ago. Yeah. It's like maybe like five times. I was, I was persistent, though. And you know why I was persistent? Probably not for the reason why women think I'm in their DMs or like, or, you know No, I mean? actually, you're really good at your opening. Usually I'm like, okay, spam, perv, whatever, <laughs> right? Like, okay. Yeah. Um, but the way you open, like you, you add a value. It was obvious you went through my content and knew what I was yeah. about or what I was trying to portray. Mm-hmm. So you spoke to what I want to be about versus, hey, something that's so superficial. So I was like, okay, this guy actually knows what he's doing. Then it, it was kind of just luck. I didn't know that we knew some of the same people. And some of the people that you know, know uh, me very deeply. Right? Ooh. Um, yeah, like Shirley and Caesar, right? Mm-hmm. Like I've, I've been rocking with them for a long time. I had no idea. They're one of my favorite couples. They're amazing people. Yeah, I love, I love, love, love both of them, two pieces. And they know that if Anything that they've ever needed, I've always been there for them, and I will always be there for them. They're extremely genuine people. <clears throat> you don't get people like them in your life very often. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, that's awesome that, uh, that you knew them. But I, you know, there was, when I was going through your content, I was like, okay, there's substance here. And I have, I have been trying to get women um, on this podcast, but something that has been very difficult for me is to find women that have grown um, businesses. Um, and in this case, you're an entrepreneur. We were talking about that earlier, and I do want to touch on that. But like, you know, it's, it's hard finding women that I'm like, man, this, this, she's a hitter. Oh. She's doing numbers, right? Where, I'm, where I, like me, my audience will respect it. So with that being said, before we go get into everything else, like we, let's, let's get you certified so people, <laughs> so, people know, so people know like who exactly they're talking to. So let's just break down some numbers about, so tell us about who you are, give us some numbers, income, sales type things, and then let's move on to the Ooh, other conversation. Okay. Um, so my name is Denise Doe. I'm from Southside, San Jose. Southside. Born and raised, <laughs> kind of border Southside, but went to Eastside school. So mm. that's a really cool blend to understand true entrepreneurship. Yeah, yeah that's where I was taught, Eastside. That's funny, Southside. <laughs> um, actually, I was one of those pre-med students. I, was, I had two choices, be an engineer or be a doctor. I was motivated to be a doctor because that's how I thought it was the only way to help people, mm-hmm. right? Um, so I was gung-ho about that, biochem major and everything. And then sometimes God knocks you left to make you right, right? You think you have a plan and I'm all gung-ho about it. And then my mom gets sick, right? When I'm like Ooh. having that choice, like, do I complete MCATs? Do I go get this kind of had like a shoe and with a second interview in med school? And I'm like, hmm, medical school doesn't pay the bills. 
right? Yeah, and mom's a single him. mother raising yeah. three kids in Barrio, California. I'm the eldest of three. What the hell do I do? Yeah. How old were you around this time? Uh, 27. 27, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I, I was just praying for a way. Honestly, I was like, hey, there, I, is there a way I can do medical school and do business and or somehow provide? Mm -hmm. I don't think there's either or. I feel I can do both. I mean, if I can take 21 units in a semester, I think I can work and help my parents out or help my mom out mm -hmm. and go to school at the same time. If yes. there's a will, there's a way, right? Um, and that's when I started the the financial service industry found me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was like, man, I'm, I think I'm smart, but I'm broke. Mm. Hold up. What game am I playing? Ooh. Right? And yeah. I was like, okay. And then I, I, I'm, I'm glad someone finally sat me down and mentored me through this moment of my life in this season. Uh, he says, Denise, it's not about the title of a doctor or the income. What kind of lifestyle do you want? Mm. And that was my aha moment. A lot of us kind of go through school or go through life and we, we, we pick one thing we figure it out as we go without the end in mind. Let me get a degree. I think I want to be a biochem. Uh, let me switch major because I don't like biochem because I hate biology. Hold on, I think I like psychology. Let me switch here and we keep switching, not having that North Star, Yeah. right? And to me now, if I can mentor anybody or when I talk to my kids or anyone around me, it's like, really, what kind of lifestyle do you want? And reverse engineer from there. Mm, I love that. And I realize I don't want a doctor's lifestyle. No. Period. What, what, what does a doctor's lifestyle look like? No life. Yeah. I'm sorry. No offense, but it's just really, I, I, I commend you for your service, but coming out of school, you're already probably half a million in debt. Mm -hmm. At the time, I would probably be, if I'm done by school by now, I'll be 40 and old and no one would want me, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm going to be working my ass to death trying to pay back everything. Yeah. So I start off negative to barely make 100000 and I'll be working my whole life and hopefully retire one day. Yeah, I, uh, so quick, uh, I have a follow-up question, mm -hmm. but um, I have a friend who his, um, his wife is doing a residency, mm -hmm. and he was a pretty high-performing real estate agent who gave up his career for his wife, mm -hmm. and now he's a stay-at-home dad who is absolutely miserable, right? So that's a... You know, that's like a, a side effect of um, that I've seen, right? I've, I've, I've seen, I have like a, a, another friend of mine, actually interesting, the guy who has my life insurance policy, Brian Lee. Um, I think I think they've done better. Uh, I think they're pretty uh, good at communicating, but I know his wife stays very busy and whatnot. But um, so uh, I, I have another question for you. But first, let's talk about, um, so you've, you're in the financial industry. Um, so break down some numbers for us. Like what are, sure. what are your stats? Um, yeah, sorry, that was a tangent, right? So first year in the business, totally part-time, I retired my mom, made six figures mm. without knowing anything, Yeah. right? Just fully, this is financial services. I'm more customer service based. I don't know sales, but I can serve. Yeah. Sure, teach me something, let me go serve. And we just found something that's very unique that the marketplace hasn't heard of. Mm -hmm. I'm a huge fan of revolution. Yeah. Most people see like, oh my God, you're the first Asian, first millennial, first, like, well, I'm like, yeah, hell yeah, <laughs> right? Most yeah. people be fearful of that, but I love, I understand positioning. And then kind of double my income every year since. Yeah. Uh, built a multi-million dollar agency, um, cash flow multiple six figures passively. So when we, While, and, and when we say multi-million uh, multi dollar agency, like, are we talking like, um, in, in regards to the multi-millions, is it gross, is, you know? It's in production. In production, yeah. okay. Um, so gross-wise, like as far as commission, over a million since my career. 
okay. like added up, right? So in the, in the company, we'll have like these recognitions, they'll call it diamonds, and each diamond will represent $100,000 cash flow verified in your bank. Wow, okay. Yeah, so we went to four consistently. Nice. That's but here's the deal, most of it passive. I've done it pregnant, pregnant again. I'm telling you that like this, this type of lifestyle fits me. I'm doing what I love, I'm serving. Mm -hmm. To me, an entrepreneur just solves problems, and I'm solving a really big problem. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> yeah. And um, so, uh, smart but broke, right? Smart but broke, yes. You said you Plenty said that. of people out there like that. So I've I don't have a college degree. Uh, I always tell people like, man, I'm as smart as a bag of rocks. Like my, my <laughs> vocabulary is not very big or not very you know expanded. Mm -hmm. um, but you know I take action, right? And I see so many people who I'm like, man, you are so freaking smart. You are so intelligent. Like why aren't you doing something big, right? And they just kind of, they're too smart for their own good. Uh, and like Art yeah. Williams says, he's like, you know what I found out about smart people? They what? Don't... <laughs> Are they a stud or a dud? <laughs> he's like, they, they don't get around to doing that. Mm -hmm. you know? And uh, that's, it's funny because you know that, that speech, just do it or do it by Art Williams? I heard it a long time ago. I, yeah. listen, I listen to that speech three to four times a year. So... Um, so, okay, let's, talk, if, let's if, talk about that. If I could highlight, you said something too smart for their own good. Yeah. When I first started this business, someone told me, Denise, you're too smart for your own good, too skeptical for business. Too smart for your own good. And too skeptical for business. Mm, okay. And I was like, I was like, nah. I'm a skeptic, not a cynic. Very different. A cynic is just thinks business is bad, rich people are bad, those are evil, this is bad. No, mm. I'm a skeptic because I need to do my due diligence before I go all in. Mm -hmm. Enough due diligence, I don't need to know everything. I just need to know that this doesn't harm people, this is good, this is good for me, my clients, my people. Mm -hmm. Green light, Yeah. right? Yeah. I'm a skeptic turned advocate because I ran everything through. I know the numbers, I know the service, I know I'm not even, there's no competition. Yeah. So let's yeah. go all out, I don't mind. Interesting. Um, so the smart side, let's go back to where you know a lot of smart people don't do anything. Mm -hmm. um, one, I don't think they have the influence to take action, aware, because they're kind of, they've been told their whole life what to do versus mm -hmm. how to think. So let's really examine what is smart. Are you book smart? Are you street smart? Yeah, well, uh, um, some, you know, <laughs> some people are like, the ones that get me are like the ones that I don't realize that they're book smart, but they know how to speak real good. You know, like they got they got the the verbiage down and they can talk real good. But when it comes, you know, then then it comes to taking action. I'm like, oh, you you were book smart this whole time. You're not street smart. So their theory, they're I call yeah. them preachers, not practitioners, and you can smell mm -hmm. that. Oh yeah. Like honestly, when I sell, see someone who smells good, look good, I'm just like, you're overcompensating for something. I just want to mm -hmm. hug them. Like, Aww. you want to talk about it? <laughs> like. Let's, let's get there, you know what I mean? Because most people who have it wouldn't have to. Yeah. And I was there when I first started financial services. I thought I had to sound like a financial advisor. Yeah. Imagine, I have a baby face now, imagine 10 years ago. Oh, yeah, Dude, yeah, yeah. I look like a fetus. Like it was freaking, <laughs> like a baby baby, right? And I didn't know how to dress then, or I don't know, dressing wise, but when you go into financial services, when there was like male dominant, suit and tie, three-piece, pin, like pinstripe and everything. I'm, my verbiage was like, whoa. Yeah, yeah. Like I can literally talk financial services, like finances. But I realized I was, I was talking at people mm -hmm. versus really communi connecting 
Because okay. I think that jargon for me was out of insecurity. I'm insecure because I don't know. I'm, I'm reading all the books. Everyone around me is very smart, but I don't have the experience yet. I remember when I first started this business, I challenged my uncle who is a financial advisor. He has all the whole alphabet soup behind his name. Like I'm talking CFP, ABC, da da da. Like he's like, and top 10 Ameriprise, 20 something years of experience. I'm like, I'm going for it. Yeah. Prove me wrong, Unc. Right? Or lend me the experience so I can be better. So I brought, I, I brought him a one-on-one, I brought my product, and he examined everything, fine print to fine print, pound mm -hmm. for pound. He said, Denise, your product is better than mine. But and do you know how you're going to lose? For yeah, for yeah. sure. But do you know how you're going to lose business to me? I was like, wait, hold up. <laughs> First he like shoots me up, right? Then he shoots me down. I'm like, damn it. Yeah. And I was like, how when my product is better? Yeah. He goes, do you know the difference between a professional and an expert? I was like, huh. He goes, Denise, you're very professional. The difference between a professional and an expert is time. Ask me how long I've been doing this. Ask 20 something years, okay. Denise, how long have you been doing this? Three months. Who are they gonna believe? Day, I was like, okay, let me just go try for med school again, right? <laughs> like, yeah. I, this is something I'm really feel, felt called to do. It's scary, it's new, but I'm willing, you know? But then he finally gave me hope after. He said, do you know how I'm going to lose business to you, though? Okay. He goes, remember, every expert used to be a beginner. Mm -hmm. And now I'm retired. I'm old. I don't want to serve. Outserve me. But be completely honest on where you're at. It's okay to say, I don't know, but I'll get back to you. Yeah. It's okay to say, hey, I don't know everything, but I have the will and the heart to serve you. You not only bought this, but you bought me. And that's when I was like, okay, I get to wear sneakers, I think. I don't have to be in high heels and a pin skirt all the time, which I do like, but walking around that all day. So here, here's my question. <laughs> um, so you talked about, uh, I forget how you worded it, but basically connecting with people. Mm -hmm. So uh, a lot of people would never guess this who, who know me now, but when I was younger, I was an introvert. I, I did not like to talk. I did not like to go out and meet people. Um, I had a lot of social anxiety, um, especially like when I was younger, I was, you know, I was a gangster, right? And I just hung around my friends and my close boys were my boys. I'm sorry, define gangster. Uh, yes, yeah, so I, I grew up on the east side and, um, you know, my brother and I were both affi uh, affiliated with northerners, right? Mm -hmm. So we wore red rags and all that, right? So that's what I mean by gangster. Yeah. Um, I, I only ask because yeah. I feel gangsters are just great leaders and businessmen. Uh, you it's know, running an organization. If, if, if you can, I'm just if you, saying. Yeah, if you can. Uh, it depends on what part, right? If you're if you're a follower, I was definitely a follower at oh, that time. Okay. Um, but um, but yeah. So you know that that was like my life when I was younger, right? Mm. So we. Um, okay, so I should say. Uh, was introverted. Introverted. Did I didn't really know how to talk to people. I didn't know any of that. Um, and I, I think I mentioned to this this to you last time we talked. Uh, financial services changed my life because mm. uh, there's a company called Primerica, which you know, obviously, right? Um, but I remember I got invited to a presentation and I watched this whole presentation. Um, and I remember, like, you know, at the end, they're like, Do you have any questions? And I was like, I can't make that kind of money because I don't have a college degree. Mm -hmm. and, they, and they were like, Here's the beautiful part you don't need a college degree. 
And I was like, wait, and this is like literally, I was like 18 years old. This is like the first time somebody had ever told me that I could be successful without a college degree. I was like, what? Like, hold on. So through that, you know, I kind of started like going down that rabbit hole and, you know, I tried, I tried uh, getting into financial services. I think I was just like way too young at that time and immature. And I, I just didn't know what to, what was realistic. Um, you know, in, in, in regards to getting results. And also I wasn't like, I didn't present myself real well at that time. Like, what's up, fool? You want life insurance? <laughs> want to play the money game? <laughs> it's like, are you trying to rob me? But, uh, but you know, so, so over time, um, I would go listen to speakers. And then I learned, um, I actually learned, I, I became an extrovert really when I started doing door-to-door sales. Mm. Um, and they taught me you know, techniques on how to communicate with people, the different formulas, right? Mm-hmm. And I still use those formulas to this day. So I think a lot of, um, now, now I'm very much an extrovert, love going out. Um, anybody who's watching this who knows me would say that I'm an extrovert now. Um, but if somebody wants to learn how to connect deeper with people, um, what are like some practical formulas that they can follow to make those connections? That is a great question because in our agency, we do a lot of personal development. Mm-hmm. We have this saying, you will never out-earn your identity. Mm. And we're really big on authenticity because communication is sending and receiving, right? And when it comes to, per- a lot of people give me this, I call it an excuse or this feed this feedback, Denise, I'm too introverted for this position. Mm-hmm. And I let them talk. I was like, hey, you're only an introvert here because you're not understanding or knowing what to say yet. Tell me what you're passionate about. I'll get to know them more. Well, I play baseball, basketball, or I love this. Tell me why you love it. And they get super excited about it. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, you turn into an extrovert. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Um, the best definition I heard for introvert and extrovert that I heard so far is an extrovert when you go into social setting, it energizes you. Mm-hmm. An introvert, it takes energy away from you. Mm-hmm. That's the most simplest form I can put it in, mm-hmm. right? So I focus on the exchange of energy when you come into that setting. Yeah. So if it takes energy away from you, why? Let's examine that. Yeah. Is it because you, you're insecure about certain things? Or is there certain things you can't communicate with? Um, we are firm believers, at least in, in our training course, on finding their own voice. I don't want you to sound like me. Like, what excited you most about this experience? Yeah. What got you started? What was that paradigm shift? Because all I want you to do is share your truth. Because the yeah. truth needs no defending. Yep. No, and that's, that's where a lot of people freak out about sales is because, oh my God, what if there's a rebuttal? What if they, I don't know. Then just say, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But great question. But here's what I do know. Yeah. Okay. The person asking the question controls the conversation. Yes. So I, I t- tell them, calm down, control the conversation. Hey, that's a great question. I don't know, but what made you ask that question? And gather your damn thoughts, right? <laughs> like, buy yourself some time. So there's some skills there where posturing, sitting, communication is 70 something percent nonverbal. Right. And that's where a lot of introverts think, oh my God, I actually, I prefer an introvert than an extrovert when it comes to my the team mm-hmm. Why? because introverts are great listeners to be in services you have to know how to listen and I tell them that's your strength and as a leader as a trainer 
you have to highlight people's strength to empower them, right? And build off of that to give them the confidence. And then let them slowly work on their weakness and or leverage someone else to protect their weakness. Let's talk about this because like a majority of the people who follow me are men. Okay? okay. And a lot of these men have feel accomplished, whatever accomplished means to you. Some some of them can make ten grand and feel accomplished. Mm -hmm. Some don't feel accomplished until they do ten million. Yeah. But <clears throat> I think and here's a problem that I think is happening with a lot of men. And I wanna and I wanna know from your perspective, because this this you know, this last trip so I, I go visit my business partner in San Diego every few months, okay? But this last trip, it's like he had like this revelation Ooh. and he was like, dude, we need to ask better questions. Like that was like the, that was like <laughs> the whole it. thing. That's it. And I was like, and I was kind of thinking about it. I'm like, shit, ask better questions, right? And, it, and it, all we did that entire trip was ask questions, ask questions, ask questions. But I think why the real, like why, you know, why do we, have to go back to this simple concept, like if it's something new and prolific. And I think it's because men, they let that accomplishment that, they've, that they have, they let it get to their head, right? They, they feel like, now they feel like the expert. Now they feel like they should be the only person talking. They, you know, they just wanna talk, 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 talk. And then we forget to ask questions. Yeah. And since coming back from that trip, I keep catching myself in the middle of conversations with potential clients, like shut the fuck up, mm -hmm. listen. Shut the fuck up. Listen. Listen. <laughs> you ever heard of this acronym WAIT? It's a great, great um, tool. Why am I talking? Mm. <laughs> Wait. Another one I use is HALT. Hungry, angry, lonely, tired. If you're hungry, angry, lonely, tired, shut up. Don't even talk because we're going to fight and we're, I don't even know why I'm fighting. <laughs> That's, right? good. That's, so that's a good one. There's actually a magic in silence, which freaks people out. Me, I used to be this always social. I couldn't be alone. Mm -hmm. But then I've learned there's a difference between lonely and alone. Like my alone is holy. Like that's my quiet time. That's when I get to gather my thoughts. I'm actually very, I think, very introverted. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. It's just people bring it out of me. Yeah. I just love people and that's yeah. how I connect. But I prefer being quiet like just, I'm in my you, books I'm doing all that um, but I feel I was more extroverted than I grew introverted now there's there's a term mm -hmm. called omnivert yeah it can was, be both is, is it omnivert or ambivert both either oh, is it okay mm -hmm. yeah because I've heard I've heard of that term as yeah. well so let's go back to men yeah right and communication yeah I am so fascinated with this topic because mm -hmm. I have a son and a daughter okay all right and I'm in an industry full of men, full of men and I have to study why there's leaks or failing points in how to communicate better, right? Connect better. Um, I have this movement where I want to empower women to empower men because I feel like there's a lack of empowerment for men, period. And the more I study this, I feel men naturally are performance-based, right? You want to be recognized and praised for certain things, but I don't know if they're truly themselves or they're allowed to be. So when it comes to listening or connecting or hey, they're in their ego or whatever, that's just, I think, society kind of tells them, like, like who's bigger, you know? Like, I'm better, da-da-da, my car, flashy. But have they ever, like, it, and it also depends on their environment, like, what's important to them. So I feel like they're not really listening because that's what society kind of built them to be. Mm -hmm. But if they ever get the chance to really sit down and be like, what's important to you? Yeah, like, forget the car and all that. Who are you? See, and I have no problem with that mm -hmm. until... 
Um, I have no problem with men being men, with you know guys being guys. Like I have no problem with that until we get in our own way, and then it's like, dude, like, you know, you know, if you just like shut the fuck up and listen more, yeah, you would get more deals, and that's better for you, for your family, better for your kids. But so empowering, empowering men, cool. Like love, love to hear that. Um, and I feel like I play like a really interesting role uh, among men because, um, you know, within my company, I'm an alpha. I'm mm -hmm. the alpha in my company. What I say goes, mm -hmm. right? However, when I'm around, <clears throat> when I'm around my business partner or um, other men, I'm okay being beta. I have no problem with it. Matter of fact, I'm a great number two. Mm -hmm. I, I think I'm one of the best number twos, period. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I, can, I can take your vision and take you further than you can do it yourself. Yeah. But that's just how I've always functioned, right? I just got kind of uh, lost and had to start my own company, and now I am an alpha, but I prefer actually to be a number two. So, you know, coming back to, <clears throat> coming back to what we're saying, right? Um, so what would you... Well... I actually I like the direction you're going. So let's 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 switch a little bit now. Um, let's let's move away from this topic now. Like, no, actually, I can highlight this and and then segue it perfect for you. Okay, go. Okay, so two things when you're talking, it made me feel. Lens and language are very powerful. How you see and what you say. Okay. Right. I get stuck on labels like alpha beta, mm -hmm. et cetera, because I feel that limits people. Sure. Everyone's a leader in their function, mm, period. Okay. You just have to know your function. Are you a one or a two? Like in that part, you're a leader. You're an alpha in that position. Everyone's an alpha and a beta, depending on your function. Mm -hmm. Some people think it's either or. You have to understand, I feel people have to learn how to separate the who and the what, the situation and the person. Right? In this situation, I'm a freaking mom. I'm mama bear, right? Or in this situation, I'm a businesswoman, can't be a mom right now. I'm learning to compartmentalize and or harmonize. Yeah. Right? So sometimes those language, I have to be very sensitive to what's really limiting me or making me feel like I'm not enough because I'm trapped in that. And that, what I think an alpha should be, a leader should be, so-and-so versus, okay, I think I mentioned this book to you, Your Next Five Moves, one of my favorite books, I think is one of the number one books any entrepreneur or striving entrepreneur should read. Patrick Bitt David. Patrick Bitt David. Yeah. Move number one, knowing your product. What's your product? You. Mm. Two big questions. Here's the, remember the quality of a question, you get the quality answer. Quality answers comes from quality questions. Mm -hmm. The product that you have to ask anybody who wants to be in this or in general is, who do you want to be and how do you want to make your money? That's your North Star. Okay. So, okay, do you want to be the alpha in your, in your company? Or is that just temporary because you're building something up and then you're going to play? You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So ultimately, going back to that lifestyle question, kind of 360 mm -hmm. or 180 uh, or 360, is who do you want to be? What kind of lifestyle do you want? Right? And how do you want to make your money? Are you the top salesperson, always like number one, but you're working 120 hours a week? Are you okay being... Hey, I'm going to stand back. I'm going to be number two. You can be number one, but I have my lifestyle. Yeah. As long as you're happy, you win. <laughs> yeah. So you just reminded me of something right now with what you just said. Mm -hmm. um, lifestyle, number mm -hmm. one. Um, so I was a single father, my, you know, full custody of my son. 
And a non-negotiable for me was having a monthly recurring revenue business. That was like non-negotiable. I'm like, dude, I can't do these businesses where I'm chasing deal after deal after deal. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm gonna freaking be great by the time I'm 35. Like, screw this, right? <laughs> Are we there yet? 35? 30, gonna be 31 soon. Okay, four so, more years. Yeah, we four, got it. Yeah, four more years. Mm -hmm. um, so, so I was like, okay, non-negotiable. And now, like, last year was like my first like epic. Well, I would say like epic year that fell off because of you know whatever bullshit that happened, but. Um, I'm like, man, to see like all the, the visions come to life, that was dope, right? And you know, moving into this year, like I'm very clear about the lifestyle that I want. So, um, but the second thing that I wanted to touch on was, um, all right, here's what I like about financial, uh, fi the financial industry. Okay, Ooh, and, and this this now. is something that a lot of you entrepreneurs, especially people who are thinking about getting in the game, you guys are not thinking about this. Okay, and when you are an entrepreneur starting your own business, because you want to be the alpha, you want to be the owner of the company, you want your name on the fucking door. If, <laughs> if you ever get to that point where you have a door, um, you want you know you want to be that owner. It's lonely, okay? mm. and I can tell you right now, like the uh, a lot of people don't survive the loneliness. Um, a lot of people don't understand how how big of a uh, how big gamification plays into our professional lives. Mm. So if you're somebody right now who's working for a company, chances are if they're a good company, they're giving like employee of the month awards, mm -hmm. or they're doing like you know um, celebrations for this person, or hey top salesperson, this this that. And I did not realize like how how much i'm driven by gamification especially like as a as a sales-minded person um when i started my own business like that all went away like nobody's here to pat my back anymore nobody's here to say hey you're doing really well mm -hmm. or you're doing really bad or nobody's here to say mm -hmm. that shit. but oh, we don't even know what to measure to know we're doing it right or wrong but when you go into the financial industry um, that's one of the things that i feel like you guys have perfected or the recognition of gamification the, 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 the diamonds. The diamonds. <laughs> uh, depends on the organization. Okay, talk about it. So, <clears throat> business, I can say I think I'm just in the people's business. Sure. People move product. Product don't move people. Okay. And when you move product, you move the market. Mm -hmm. You move money. Yeah. So, people overlook people in general. Yeah. They focus too much on product. They focus too much on everything. I feel my biggest asset is my people. Okay. That's a culture thing. That's an inside out thing, vertically and horizontally. Because great, happy agents make happy clients. If you're gonna have miserable agents, that's gonna portray in your clients and that's when business goes down. Mm -hmm. So yes, recognition is very important. Mm -hmm. it, it, people die for it. You know, people cry for it. Mm -hmm. um, but sadly, people are overworked and underappreciated. Yeah, yeah. So, so our, our, coming back to Art Williams, he's like, man, you gotta, you gotta imagine that people got a big sign on their chest that says, "Make me, me feel, make me feel special." Yeah, yeah. And that's the name of the game in sales and marketing. Period. Yeah. It's a feeling. People buy a feeling, not a product. Right. Yeah. People buy a feeling. Same with you. We go into business because we want to feel a certain way. I want to feel in control. I want to make it or break it on my own thing. I want to fight for that freedom. I want to earn it. Yeah. Right? Um, there's, it's a game. 
The more you realize the money game, money is just a game. Business is just a game. I feel like I'm just a business athlete. <laughs> business is a team sport. Yeah. And that's where I invite a lot of business people who go into business, and I get it. They, they, mm. Okay, solopreneurs versus an entrepreneur or a wantrepreneur, okay? <laughs> A true business owner can walk away from your business and still make money. Yeah. Okay. One of my favorite things to teach and to study is the four quadrants, the cash flow quadrant from uh, Robert Kiyosaki. That, yeah. if you're an entrepreneur, you better know that to the T. That's, that's my shit. Right? <laughs> so all of us, there's, there's an employee, right? Self-employed, business owner, investor. Most of us start employee mindset. How much am I worth an hour? You exchange time for money. And then we're thinking, okay, I want to be a top realtor, I want to be a, a lawyer, I want to be a doctor and having my own practice. You become a specialist, a self-employed person, and you call mm. yourself a business owner. It's not truly a business. Yeah. You just own a job. Yep. Because if you walk away, you make no business. Yep. That's the difference between a practitioner, a practice. You, why do they call it a practice? Without the practitioner, you, it, it doesn't survive. Yeah. That's a single point of failure. Yeah. No. Business is all about systems, leadership development, leadership replacement. And that's where recognitions are so important. Mm -hmm. How you develop people. You have to recognize them. You have to find them, cultivate them, lead them, right? Yes. Actually, our style, my agency is 100% volunteer. Yeah. How do you lead a volunteer army? Uh, There's yeah. a skill to that. Yeah. You got to recognize them. You got to add enough value, right? You got to make sure you're constantly out earning, out growing, doing everything that you're leading from the front. I'm not a preacher. I'm a practitioner, mm. right? But I'm going to give you everything I got so you can be better than me because you're not a threat to me. In expansion mode, why are there so many McDonald's and distributions and outlet? It's because it's duplicatable. There's systems to it. Yes. Where please, I want better Denise's learn from my mistakes, please. Be better than me. And I know I'm only standing on the shoulders of giants because someone paved the way for me. I don't take that for granted. Yeah. But I, because I don't take it for granted, I better make sure I'm the, the most evolved version from that. I better be ready. We better be ready for the 23rd century. That's my mindset. So here's, yeah. all right, so touching on the cash flow quadrant mm -hmm. part. Um, so I always talk about this too. Because, you know, so we, we, we touched on it, right? So the ESBI, mm -hmm. right? I, I always tell people, like, look, because I, I think entrepreneur, uh, entrepreneurism, <laughs> whatever, right? It, it's, it turned into a fad. Yeah. Um, just like, like a badge. Uh, yeah, it was like, it's cool to be an entrepreneur. Just like it was cool to be a rapper, cool to be a sports player, cool, so, you know. Pay 800 bucks to franchise tax board and call yourself a CEO? That's all it takes now. Right? <laughs> yeah, no, and and it's it's funny is like I I you know it, me looking back now yeah at all the bullshit that I've been through starting this business like just going through everything because it's, it's traumatic as fuck mm -hmm. like it's it's not easy it's not e it's not like you know just a walk in the park like hey you know like no fuck that it was hard nothing, difficult it's still hard nothing makes you face your shit more <laughs> than being an entrepreneur. Because so, you're failing and winning on your own terms. It's all on you. Yes. And that's why I love it. 
Well, that's why you love it. But actually, I think like if I'm listening to this, or if you're if you're listening to this mm -hmm. now, and you're still thinking about becoming an entrepreneur, what I would do, see, because you don't have to go through all the steps that everybody goes through, right? Because there's the uh, you know the employee, um, uh, solopreneur, business owner, investor. If if I could go back and do it over again, I would go straight from employee to investor. I would fucking skip the self-employed and I would skip the business owner and I would probably figure out like how to become a very highly paid employee like a software engineer, um, live dirt cheap and get into the investor category immediately. Mm. Like go buy real estate or go figure out how to make my money, make me more money. Mm -hmm. Like I would not go through the trauma ever again. <laughs> Cause dude, like there's like, that's, that's just the end goal. It doesn't matter how we get there. We got to get to the eye. Depends on who you want to be and how you want to make your money. Remember that was product number one. I want to make my money. It doesn't matter how I make my money. It, just, <laughs> it, needs to come, it needs to be legal. It needs to come in on its own. And uh, I, you know, if dude, I, I would not be mad if I had like, you know, fifty thousand dollars a month coming in passive, and I could go live my life how I want. Awesome. Because I was an engineer and reinvested all my money into real estate. Like that would be a great life. You're gonna get it. you're gonna do it. We're gonna make sure. Yeah. Well, now I have to do it with business. And, and you said on camera, so it's gonna have to happen. <laughs> well, PDA, public display of accountability. No, actually, <laughs> let, let me let me tell you what. Um, you know, I'll just tell you because we're talking about it. Oh, big talks. Yes, let's do it. Um, I want to hear it. Yeah. So pretty much within um, within the next two to three years, I plan on taking um, my company currently to ten million a year. Okay. Um, so I own half of it. Um, and, and pretty much like what I want to do, and this is going to be up to my business partner. I think we're pretty well aligned, but we want to take funds out of this company, um, you know, 100k at a time type stuff, and just go start buying property. Right? Like that's that's what we want to do in the next three years. Because this this company can either we can keep it in cash flow or eventually sell it, which mm -hmm. we don't know what we're going to do at that time. But um, you know, this is kind of like our cash flow cow. Uh, that's exciting because um, that's actually the next cash flow level <laughs> that we're playing at okay. at our firm for creative financing and teaching people how to be their own bank. Yeah. Actually, a mortgage is a gateway to wealth that a lot of people don't know how to use. The middle class is taught to pay off your mortgage and not have any debt. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The wealthy affluent, debt is good. Yeah. We read debt. We learn how. To, how many people you know own multiple properties and is always in debt? Ten thirty one exchanges. A lot, many of it. <laughs> so that's the next level game where we can we can talk about later on. But yeah. um, I'm learning. It's such a marketing game. Like who markets to the middle class mostly on Google? Uh, banks. Banks, Wall Street, IRS. Mm -hmm. Right. Do you do you think the affluent and wealthy people invest in banks and Wall Street? And pay a lot to the IRS. Uh, no. Mm -mm. Okay. Absolutely not. And you learn these strategies in books. You ever heard this line? You want to keep a secret? Put in a book. <laughs> <laughs> Is that true? You want to keep yeah. a secret? Keep it in a book. I'm telling you. I've been talking this strategy <laughs> for years. Yeah. But finally, until I get into the upper echelon type of a thing, it's funny because my clients who are millionaires and understand the game, when I talk about being your own bank and you know leveraging life insurance as a tax shelter, it's normal for them, mm -hmm. right? It's easy for me to collect 100 grand a year or 100 grand a month and move that around versus 100 bucks. 
from someone who I really want to help, right? That's where my heart's at. And I realize it's a mindset of money, right? You can call it money wounds, you can call it whatever. And it's really interesting. There's there's one of my favorite lines I love to use to help people break through. Because I feel like as a thought leader, I just have to sell you an idea. Sure. Right? Anthony, I would say, Anthony, can you save $300 a month? Yes. Yeah. Or some people are like, oh, I don't know. 300 seems like a lot. Mm-hmm. Okay, hold on. Can you save 10 bucks a day? <sighs> 10 bucks a day is probably easier Easy. or seems ma- more manageable, yeah. right? 10 bucks a day is 300 a month. Mm-hmm. Right. That's and people are like, it. oh my God. Okay, if not five bucks a day, that's 150 bucks. Yeah. How many hundred fifties, five dollars, ten dollars, five? You know what five hundred a month is? Sixteen dollars and sixty-seven cents. That's DoorDash. That's five hundred a month. That's that's uh, yeah. I don't want to talk about how much I spent eating out. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just really this constant. Someone just has to bring awareness. Yeah. I think awareness is a great agent of change. Did you just talk earlier? Hold on. Cause <laughs> I, I, think I, I think I caught you saying something. Did you just say that it's, all right, you love helping people who don't have money, but it's so much easier to work with people who do? Yeah. Okay. Oh my God. You know what's funny? Like, this is why like, I'm creating, like, this podcast is for those people. My YouTube channel is for those people. Like, it's because, you know, I, as an agency, it's not fair to my team if I'm working with people who don't qualify for the product, mm-hmm. right? It's not fair because it puts my recruitment team through stress, it puts my account managers, mm-hmm. and it's just bad for my business, yep. right? So it's like, so actually, I think this content started as a way to like give people like a, a soft, like, hey, can't do business with you, but you know what? I got like a shit ton of free resources. Yeah. Go- to support you. Right. And you're such a go-giver and I appreciate that about you. Once I met you and we're just free flowing. We can, we have such multi-dimensional conversations Cheers about everything. That. Cheers. Yeah. And um, you're like, hey, I don't mind. I just want them to win. Yeah. And you're really about that. Hence why I said, yeah, so let's make the time. Like you're one of those persons where I'm like, dude, he is from Eastside. Let's show them that it's okay, that you can be a gangster in multiple different places, you know what I mean? Like, it's okay, like your past doesn't define you. But those, all those experiences probably the reason why you wanna showcase. There's so many hidden talents everywhere, right? And I feel, I'm, I'm glad that you created a space so we can talk and have people wow. looking like us, talking on topics that people are seeking but they don't have a mentor or they don't have, they're like, well, I'm not, no one in our community never does that. We don't talk about money. My family's broke. I was like, okay, and you're okay with that? Yeah, yeah. You, you know what? That's that's so true because like I feel like there's not. Okay, so first off, you're a woman. Like it was sad because I was talking to my girlfriend the other day, and for her podcast, we were looking for, okay, not just women business owners, black women business owners who are doing it big, and it was like holy shit, like nobody, like there's. Uh, like hardly, I think one of the people that came up was the lady who owns Nirvana Coffee. Mm. I was like, one. I'm like, okay. And you know, great I, coffee I, place, I, by I, the way. Support them. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and and, and uh, you know, so like, I, I know about her, and I'm like, th- and I, I'm, I'm from the South Bay, right? Like, this is like my hood. Like, this is my I'm, I network here, and I'm just like thinking, and I'm like, and I'm not talking about like, you know, smaller business owners who are doing less than like, you know, ten grand a month. I'm talking about like hitters, and I was like, damn. This is kind of fucked up. Like, why isn't there more? I think 
there will be more when you have more people just showing that it's possible. I think it, someone just has to break through. It's like that four-minute mile. You hear it all the time. Someone had to break the four-minute mile, and all of a sudden, everyone, their mom was doing it. Yeah. Right? You have to show one black person that's successful. I mean, the Super Bowl yesterday. Mm. Was it yesterday? Two black quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. Never done in history. I'm like, why? I would. Like, that's awesome. Now there's probably going to be a bunch of black quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. Someone just has to show it's possible so that you can take anyone who's in victimhood to get out there and be like, look, they did it. And then they probably had a tougher childhood than you, but they didn't make that as an excuse. Yeah. Right? So who are, so for you, who are like the top female entrepreneurs that inspire you? Who? Currently, Cody Sanchez. She's freaking badass. Follow her on Instagram because she's not just like, oh my God, we're women and let's just go save the world. She's straight. Numbers, I'm going to bully you into being better. Let's talk numbers. Let's break it down. She talks about her lifestyle and how marriage can be great. It's not just all business. Mm -hmm. I believe when, it, when you're a leader, an entrepreneur, your lifestyle is your product. Because when mm. you take someone's opinion, you take their lifestyle. So I examine lifestyle a lot. Okay. Right? It's like, okay, you look all flashy online, but you treat your family like shit. Mm. You treat your dog like shit. I've noticed little things like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or your kid has zero attention. Yeah. I don't, sure, you're rich, but that's, you're not wealthy in my eyes. Yeah. Right? I love that. So, Cody Sanchez absolutely giving you a shout out, or one day I can be in your podcast. <laughs> yeah. I'm putting it out in the universe. Yeah. Um, I think maybe taking away the term entrepreneur, but just thought leaders, Oprah, absolutely. Oh. <laughs> like just, I feel yeah. people are naturally entrepreneurs, not because they're like, oh my God, I want to be my own boss, but more of they're just called to do something in that space and they let nothing stop them. Like Mother Teresa's a damn entrepreneur. She's freaking badass. Mm -hmm. What's her product and service? Being a good human being. Yeah. Uh, so, and you know what's, what's interesting about mm -hmm. that too, with talking about Oprah. So mm -hmm. Oprah has this huge platform, right? Mm -hmm. and She's so black, if you didn't know. Yeah, of, course. <laughs> <laughs> of course. And she's pretty wealthy. It's <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, of course, like I'm t I was talking about people who are accessible to us right now. Like, who knows? Maybe we could reach out to Oprah. But here's another point about uh, about Oprah specifically, though. Um, so many of you who are starting businesses, you want 100% of the pie. You want everything. You want it all. And it's like, look at someone who's extremely wealthy, like Oprah, even Steve Harvey, and all these different, you know, TV show hosts that have so much going on. They are support. Like they don't own 100% of what they do. Uh, but they are supported by a team and they will probably make more money than most of us for our entire lives, right? So don't ever discount the fact that like somebody out there probably has a platform for you to join that's going to make it way easier for you to blow up um, and you don't have to do it all on your own. Mm -hmm. So, and can, and I, can I shout out Layla Hermosi? Do you know who Layla Hermosi is? Hermosi period, Mosey Nation. <sighs> Okay. I'm an Alex Ramosi fan, but Layla is the, okay. the wife, right? I, I, I love Alex. Alex is dope yeah. okay? because he talks about like the big vision stuff. But you know what? When it comes to like practical, tactical, like management advice, uh, like scripts, like the words to say out of your mouth, I'm mm -hmm. like, yo, like I, I fuck with her. Yeah. Tough, tough, tough. Yeah, Layla, you the shit. <laughs> um, but uh, all right, so. Uh, we're getting we're getting close to the uh, to the end of the pod now, 
Um, actually, before I end off with any questions, is there anything that you wanted to touch on with the audience that, that you're feeling right now? Right now, what I'm feeling is, especially when you just talked about, like, you don't have to do it all your, yourself or take the whole pie. Um, you open when you're talking about, I, I'm, I'm really big on intrapreneurship. Yeah. I know my position. I don't want to take all the risk. I don't have the time. I don't have the development team. That's not my style. I'm not a Steve Jobs. I'm not an Elon Musk, et cetera. And I'm okay with that because I have family and I don't want to risk it all. But I got sweat equity. I can work hard, right? So if there is a system in place and something I believe in and I'm aligned with the leadership and culture and all I have to do is develop people to move the product, that's what I'm good at. Right? And with that, I was like, I have zero overhead. Imagine that, building a business. Zero overhead. Yeah, that'd be nice. Financial <laughs> services, if you didn't know, is the number one industry to create wealth and the most millionaires. Number two is tech. Number three is real estate. Hmm. So you got to study your industry. And when you go in, I think you have to set a realistic timeline. Mm -hmm. Year one, just survive. Don't expect to win. If you did, you just got lucky. I learned this thing called the rule of three. Three times in a row, then you're the real deal. If not, it's just luck. Make 100,000, three years in a row, or three months in a row, then you're your real deal. Mm -hmm. Then you know, you truly know what you're doing. Okay, Denise, you created a six-figure earner. Can you do it three times? Okay, cool, then you're the real deal. If not, it's just luck. Most companies go out of business. So you gotta give a realistic timeline. I think to be an expert-ish or get your industry Year one, survive. Year two, three, you're kind of learning everything inside out. Four or five, you're doing it right. Then you start seeing the fruits of your labor. Ten years, you should be good, right? And think in long term. Because once you have that long term vision, everything short term, all the bullshit you're going to go through is very small. Because mm -hmm. if this bugs you here, your vision is not long, long enough, enough, right? Um, I heard this term. It's not original, but pain pushes until vision pulls. Most people go into entrepreneurship because they want to solve some sort of problem or pain, most likely because they went through it. Yeah. And now they feel called or connected to solve this problem. My son at the age of five will tell you, I want to be a businessman, not because I told him. And if you ever ask him, baby, what, do business, what is a businessman? What do business people do? Solve problems. <laughs> and I said, the bigger problem you solve, the more money you make. Yeah. Right? I love that. And, and you know, there's so many ways to solve a problem. If you can't do it yourself, partner up with someone who's doing it. Make sure it's proven. Make sure they're still in the game. Be careful between a practitioner and a preacher. Mm. That's why when I say in the game, are they proven? Are they still there? Are they evolving? Are they embracing AI and tech? Or does it scare them? They're like, no, we've been doing this for 30 years. I'm like, okay, yeah. But you're about to go out of business. And I don't want to go into business and go out of business. That's not my style. Yeah. We're going to build something to last that's evergreen, that's a legacy type. And that's what I'm going for next level. Sure, I dedicate 10 years of financial services, but in my next 10, stay tuned. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> so there's somebody out there right now yeah. who is struggling. They're thinking about giving up. They feel hopeless. They, you know, they just want to quit. So what do you tell that person? I get a call like this every other day. Um, one, I tell, well, one for me in that moment, I have to check myself first. Do I have the compassion to even say anything? Because sometimes I may be short fuse. I have a very, I'm not very patient. If I'm in work mode, it's, and we're saying we got goals and you told me something and you come here and all of a sudden you quit on me. 
like throw a wrench and I will probably, right? But you'll find me now, now I'm more, okay. Instead of saying what's wrong, I'll check in, hey, what's, talk to me, why? I'm learning more coaching versus telling. Mm-hmm. Now it's asking questions, mm-hmm. right? What made you, what shifted, what made you want to give up? Well, da, da 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 is this something we can work through? Do you feel like you need these skills or this, these experiences? So, and to let them know that it's normal and I've been there, feel felt found, I understand how you feel. I mean, we think about quitting all the time and as entrepreneurs, it's different levels of quitting. Imagine the day you make 10 million a year, are you gonna quit? Of course not. But there's different levels. Quitting can be complacent. Quitting can mean I'm not even trying hard anymore. To me, that's quitting. Quitting to me is doing anything less than you could. Wow. That's what I'm striving for, to do everything less than I can. <laughs> <laughs> but there's, there's just going to be a different drive in you. Yeah. And then you're going to start looking at your kids. Yeah. This drive I have is not because I want money. Making money is never about you. Mm-hmm. That's my drive. I look at my kids and be like, damn, if you actually break down the national debt, it's like 30-something trillion. Each household owes 230-something thousand right now and counting. Mm-hmm. What the hell are we doing to our grandchildren? And if I don't teach them the money game, game over. Because money is just a tool for them to be the best them. That's all I want. Like money is a freedom tool. You have a freedom number. Yours may be 10,000 a month, which I think is bare minimum if you want to survive nowadays. Yeah. Forget six figures. I think six figures, six figures is a dream back in the 80s. Yeah. Equivalent to six figures today because of inflation is over 300,000. Yeah, I believe that. So. So yeah. let me let me let me rephrase. I'll, I'll be the person giving up then. Just so no. I, I want the I want the script, you know, for the person listening, right? So Denise, you know what? When I started, um, when I started, I really saw the vision, saw that, um, you know, I, I could I could really see it clearly, and it's just like now, it's just things are weighing down with my family and my son and, you know, my mom's in my ear and she keeps telling me, like, instead of wasting my time doing this, I should go get a real job. Like, I just, I can't do it anymore. Okay. Then I would ask, when you first started, what was that vision you saw? I saw a vision of having freedom in my life. I wanted to not have a boss to report into. Okay. What does freedom mean to you? Like, it- why did you choose this business? So here's where most people will give up already. Because their vision, their goals, is not specific enough. I want to be my own boss. Okay. <laughs> I would ask Anthony, well, how do you define success? Was it a thousand a month? You have to quantify it, right? Once it's all emotions, you can't base your business off emotions. I feel good, I'm gonna do it. I don't feel good, I don't do it. You're gonna always feel like you're failing and you never will feel progress. So one, I like to go back and why I ask, what's your vision, what's your why? Because I'm more on willpower over skill any day. Because it's the will to keep going. That's what entrepreneurship is all about. It's about the championship, not this game. There you have it. Right? So the end game is freedom. But it's okay to get a job now. If you're not there yet, and that's where I think most entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs need to know, it's like, doesn't mean quit your job and go all in. I mean, unless you're the type that you have the will to win no matter what, then sure. But most people can't take that risk. It's okay to have your job and have a side hustle first. Tied build, <laughs> build, build a habit of entrepreneurship. It's a habit. Yeah. Do you even control your schedule? 
Yes, you're your own boss, but you're probably the worst boss. <laughs> no one's telling you what to do. No one's yeah. firing you. You have to build the skills to get there first. So at the same time, I know a lot of people who went all in, and I would actually pull them aside and be like, look, I think it's time for you to get a job. Not because you're not great or whatever. It's just you're not there yet. Actually, there's a formula before going full-time. Number one, have six months of emergency savings, right? And three months in a row, did you make enough income to replace your full-time job? Mm. If not, keep your job. You're not ready. Yeah. And that's what more people have to talk about. It's like, oh my God, I'm going to go manifest. Manifest what? <laughs> that's, I'm sorry. It's not yeah. romantic. This yeah. is business. It's yeah. war. It's war. It's war. Yeah. It is. And the more you realize that, you're going to have to have that skill and that willpower to keep going and fighting your demons. And more importantly, surround yourself with people that will support you. Great book, and I'm going to close with this. I know we're probably over time. And I'm obsessed with this book right now. Who, not how. Who, not how. Dan Sullivan. Damn, I'm going to have to read that. And, oh, oh my God. Like, I'm on chapter one, rereading just chapter one. And one of the things that stuck out to me most was, is your vision so small that everything depends on you? Is your vision so small that you're a one-man or one-woman team? The real question to ask when building anything or impact is, who can get me there? Who can connect me to the resources? Who can get, how can, you know, versus how do I do this? How, 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 how? Then you're learning everything yourself, and now you're a single point of failure for your, for your whole organization. Because hmm. if you don't show up for your business, what happens? Bye, kaput. We need more who's. Mm -hmm. I, when I first started, was going to learn Spanish and Chinese because I wanted to impact that community. How long would it take me to learn Spanish and Chinese? I'm Vietnamese, by the way, but forever. Yeah. Instead, I'm like, who can speak Spanish Maybe that can help? You, who can speak Chinese that yeah. wants to make impact in this space with me? Let's partner. Let's yeah. make it a double, triple, quadruple win. Makes sense. We have to ask better questions. And there's plenty of room at the top. There's plenty of who's that can make money with us. And I feel that's, you're going to see these organizations, these companies, that's going to be born during this recession because that's where big businesses are born, during a recession. And another message I would say is don't be discouraged during a recession. That's when most of the wealth is made. Yeah. You just have to bring a solution or position yourself in a solution to solve a big problem. All the Fortune 500 companies, or most of it, was born during a recession or depression. Yeah. So it's just a shift. Some people will take this as an excuse, oh my God, I have no job, whatever, no. This is a blessing in disguise, capitalize. The recession will separate the winners and the losers, the men and the boys and the women and the ladies, or girls. Boom. Boom. Yes. So it's never a better time to be an entrepreneur. Go solve a lot of problems. Bring a lot of value, which increases your market value. So. With yeah. that being said, mm -hmm. if someone wants to get a hold of you. Oh, geez, this part? Yeah. <laughs> um, my social media, which I'm working on, this is where I need to hire you for, because I don't know branding. This is the first time I'm really going out there and not being a secret agent anymore. And I realized, and here's my shift, because I sat down with one of my really good friends. She's a, uh, a physical, I mean, 
physician assistant, because before, remember, I was pre-med, but I was going to actually go the PA route or nurse practitioner route, yeah. right? And she's been my role model mentor there. But we just, like, reconnected 10 years later. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize she follows my content. I don't realize that a lot of people <laughs> follow my content. I'm yeah. like, I don't, I don't want people to hear me talk. Sure, yeah. I'll just talk, right? Um, and then I was kind of going through a moment where I'm like, I don't know if I want to continue doing this. I, don't, I just want to just live in private because I'm introverted and I don't want, yeah. but really that's an excuse where I'm just like, don't focus on me, right? Um, and then she said something so powerful. And this is, Chris, this is for you because you changed my life when you said this. And she goes, my daughters need you. From there, I didn't care if I had a booger in my nose and I'm on camera. You know what I mean? Like, you know, when you start checking for pimples and boogers, it's like, I don't yeah. care. It's for my daughters. Yeah. Your daughter is in. I realize that's the role I have to play. I'm not interested in being an Instagram model, but maybe a role model. Right? Yeah. So my Instagram is ABC Denise XYZ. Very simple. ABC Denise XYZ. And actually, is, is there a secret? Is there a secret message in there? No. Because <laughs> I is, saw it does, it does say is sexy. It, see. And <laughs> <laughs> actually, it goes A B C D E. It's actually really a- accidentally cool because I've always wanted to be like this unique type of person. I used to say like Denise said or Hey, it's Denise. When AOL was a chat, and then, and then things. I just wanted something so simple. I'm like ABC Denise XYZ. I'm like holy shit, this is actually really cool. Yeah. It's super. I had it since I was like fourteen. That's that's yeah. awesome. So it's been my thing that I don't know the branding thing. Just just leave it. Just leave it's, it. It's great. It's Maybe great. I'm gonna be like A through Z or ABCs of money. Or I don't know. Yeah. See, ABC yeah. Denise is sex. That is so funny. Okay. Yeah. I love that. Um, <laughs> so so okay. So that's how they can get a hold of you. And LinkedIn, um, Facebook, Denise Doe, San Jose. I mean, I'm here. I'm here for the cause. Wherever I can add value, please. Like, what I've learned is successful, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm successful, but truly successful people that I see. My, my face is twitching because I'm smiling so much. <laughs> yeah, dude, like, I, I, you've made me smile like good, way good. too long. <laughs> I've lived a full life. Um, actually, truly successful people are always willing to help. That's yeah. what I've learned. They're wow. open, they're willing, they're will, they want to give back. Yeah. Um, it's the shady looking like successful people who aren't really successful who wouldn't open up. Just calling y'all out. Yeah, the, the ones who... Uh, no fake preneurs. The ones who say that they... Uh, <laughs> Okay, so the ones who sell courses about how they made their money but never really made the money, then they made all the money selling courses. Those ones. You. <laughs> you. All right. Denise, appreciate you coming Wait, out. Wait, I don't Easy. know how to do that. Wait, what? There you go. Okay. Right. Thank you guys for watching. Take care. <laughs> yeah. It's great. You've been listening to the Scalability Podcast. Don't forget to share with a friend and follow for more resources on how to profitably grow your business beyond the limits of your personal time, energy, and skills. Get out my way.